Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 228. I said that last week, but this time I mean it. Episode 228 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, Back on Blog Talk Radio. Am I yelling at you? I feel like I'm yelling at you. You might have to turn the volume down on this. I'm excited. I am excited. I am so loving the decluttering and the feng shuiing of my house. And I have been waiting to talk about this subject for a while now. And I go through these phases where... I don't know, I'm usually reading something and exploring ideas, and I I have a pretty good groove on with, like, keeping the inspiration flowing, but I definitely go through phases where I'm like, oh my god, I can't hold it all in, I need to make, like, 10 million videos, and I just basically need to turn the recorder on and talk for, like, 24 hours to get it all out. I'm kind of in one of those phases right now, and not everything, to me, it all goes together. But um, I can go off on these little tangents sometimes. So I'm going to lead with a, a tangent today to get that energy out. And then I will ground down into the subject matter for this month, which is feng shui with an emphasis on decluttering. So um, it's funny how once something penetrates your consciousness, your conscious, your conscious mind, once something penetrates your awareness, you start to see it everywhere. And soul has been like that for a while now. Um, I know we have a soul, but I mean the subject of soul. I know the soul has been with me my entire life. But thinking about the soul and how to reach the soul and, and get into the layers of the psyche, that's something I've thought about a lot, especially in the last couple of years. Um, so... This ongoing messaging about soul and how soul expresses itself through the body and appropriate to this month's theme, our homes, has been a thing. It's been a thing. Um, When I first made this connection, I drew this little cartoon glyph that I mention sometimes and that I have posted on Facebook and on my blog. And I still, I have worked with this thing now because it just keeps unfolding for me. I've worked with it for a while now because I... I don't think my um, book of signs would be that inspiring to people that are into like exploring ancient grimoires and it's so girly and happy and bright, but that's what comes out of my brain and or my soul, however you want to look at it. And that's what speaks to me. So I can look at this thing that just looks like a really childish cartoon and I can get so much out of it. Um, Additionally, Speaking of seeing things everywhere once it's in your awareness, I have had a few asteroid as goddess moments since having my friend Dawn on the show to talk about that specifically. Um, In astrology, these asteroids are named after goddesses, and um, people are starting to incorporate that now into the conversation about astrology, like 
beat. We've exhausted our knowledge on the planets, I think. So now we're like, what else is up there? And how does it affect us? Uh, one of these moments where I had like a, a asteroid goddess moment, it just happened by accident. It snuck in to get my attention while I was doing a Google search on Psyche and Scorpio. Because tomorrow's full moon is in Scorpio. And to me, a full moon in Scorpio is like my own little psycho-spiritual Christmas. I love a full moon in Scorpio. Um, I always have really groovy experiences when the moon is in Scorpio and in general. And I know I'm sounding like so out there woo-woo, but sometimes I am so out there woo-woo. <laughs> um, but every month, we, the moon is in Scorpio for like two and a half days. Those are usually two and a half days of goodness for me. Something about that time just always seems to work for me. But the full moon in Scorpio has also historically been for me a very special time. Um, for one, it's my witchiversary. I decided uh, to dedicate myself to the life of a witch and actually assigned the label witch, the big, bad, scary label, uh, I decided to go with that label on the Scorpio full moon. And I did this whole, you know, dedicating myself kind of ritual. Um, so there's that. And then secondly, my natal moon is in Scorpio, which means the more you get to know my Libra, sunny, sun sign self, the less like a Libra and more like a Scorpio I start to seem. <laughs> you get to know the real me. <laughs> um I have a big fat stellium in Scorpio too, and Pluto is super aspected in my chart. So I fully dig and relate to this energy. And uh, I think of Scorpio as a sign that encourages, it's a little intense, it's a lot intense, it's the most intense, it's a sign that encourages the kind of deep soul diving that so many people are reluctant to do. Except us Scorpio people. We love it. <laughs> and we want you to do it with us. Um, they're reluctant to do it because, you know, there could be some, some scary monsters hiding out in the deep, which can totally be true. Some pretty heavy shadow stuff can hide out in the depths of your psyche. But so too can your most precious untapped gifts. It's like the dragon guarding the gold. You know, if you're not willing to confront the dragon, you don't get the gold. Your psyche is a little bit like that. The, the hidden layers of shadow, I should say. I should separate that out from, from psyche. The shadow aspects of your psyches, the parts you can't touch, which is, I would say, like 99% of it. <laughs> um, which is why I was Googling Scorpio and Psyche, I was Googling it for you, actually. I was Googling it for you because I was looking for some encouraging words that I could share here in this regard. Something that might inspire you, I guess, to engage this Scorpio full moon energy as an opportunity to get to know the contents of your psyche a little bit better. Somebody's blowing up my phone. I shut the, I shut the dang ringer off, but it's still bing. <laughs> when someone leaves a message. So pardon the bing. Jeez, um, but that distracts me. I should have left my phone in the kitchen. Okay, so I was Googling this because I was looking for something encouraging that I could say that would get you maybe 
feeling a little bit inspired to do a little bit of deep soul diving, just to use this energy as an opportunity to get to know the contents of your psyche a little bit better. And then that's when I found it. I found an article on Llewellyn. Uh, They have some good articles. A lot of times they're just excerpts of books or they're to promote a book, but the information is good. I I like their blog. Um, So I found an article on Llewellyn in which an astrologer I don't know, her name is Isabel Gana, she was talking about an asteroid named... Psyche! (laughs) Did you know that there's an asteroid named Psyche? Because I did not. I have never heard that before. Um, And it's definitely not something I've heard. I listen to a lot of astrologers and I haven't heard any of them talk about it. And then, of course, so I had to go like looking all that up. And both of the programs that I use to look up natal and transit charts, transit charts, um, they don't include Psyche at all. I like went to astro.com, Astrolabe, you can get a free, you can get so much good free stuff from them. I'm shocked that they give so much away for free. It's an awesome tool. You can learn so much there. And then they have a little extended chart tab you can click on and you can look up, you can get really detailed into your chart and look up asteroids and stuff. But when I put in Psyche, nothing came up. But this lovely author um, shared that Psyche is asteroid 16, asteroid number 16. So I went back and put 16 in and I found Psyche in my natal chart. And I swear to you, from the bottom of my soul, (laughs) pun intended, I knew without even looking where this asteroid would be hanging out in my chart. And sure enough, I was right. Can you guess where Psyche was hanging out in my chart? Do you care? Why are we why are we talking about me when I was trying to talk about you? <laughs> I'll just I'm just gonna tell you, Psyche is in Scorpio in my chart. Is that so funny? Um and I have all this female energy there. Uh it's the 10th house, and my Scorpio's on the mid-heaven. So this is funny enough. Um career. So I guess this makes a lot of sense why I put so much heart and soul into my career and why career has been such a priority for me in my life. And uh, But I've got Psyche there. I've got Venus. I've got the moon. I've got Athena. I have all this feminine energy there. So it's really, I just got a kick out of that. Um, and this will tie in, I hope, to what I want to talk about for the rest of the show. But it just gave a whole new dimension to this idea that I have spoken about off and on about how not only does the soul express itself through the body and your home, which we'll talk about here, but also through your moon. Feed your moon, feed your soul. That's something I learned from Ann Ortelli a couple of years ago, and it really, really stuck with me. Um, If you're not an astrology geek, it still might be worth learning what your moon sign is just to get some ideas for how to feed your soul, how to feed that energy. Um, Typically, your moon sign is, it's it's the deeper layers of your psyche. It's your emotional life. It's who you are behind the mask. So uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Feed your moon, feed your soul. Learn how to nourish that part of yourself to get 
better in touch with your soul. And if you don't want to do all of that, you can just look at your home, which is what we're actually here to talk about today. (laughs) Uh, One of the coolest paradigm shifts that I have personally experienced in my long career of paradigm shifts, going looking for paradigm shifts and then partying my ass off when I have one, like I super happy dance anytime I have a great aha moment. And then I have to talk about it with you. (laughs) One of the coolest shifts I have personally experienced happened the day that I heard James Hillman say that the psyche is not unconscious. You are. You are. You are unconscious. But the psyche, your soul, knows full well what is up. And it is giving you little hints and tips about it all the time. You're just too thick to get it. You are unconscious, but the psyche is fully here and fully present and so ready to give it up the moment that you're willing to pay attention. So these these little hints and tips about what's going on in your psyche, it reveals itself in your dreams, the mirror of your personal relationships, the feeling tone of the choices that you make, the state of your body, and the state of your home, your home. In that sense, feng shui is not only the art of arranging your home in order to like, better direct the flow of chi or life force energy, however you want to look at it. Um, It's not just the art of arranging your home and to better direct the energy flow to get your space into alignment with the so-called kick-ass life of your dreams. It's also the art of reading your home. And what I'm proposing here today is that the art of reading your home is very much the art of reading your soul. It's about getting to know your soul or psyche. Psyche is the Greek word for soul, so that's why I keep using them interchangeably. Dana Claudette. I keep mentioning her, but I'm a big I'm a big fan of giving credit where credit is due. I don't like to say these are my ideas when they're not. I get them from other people. <laughs> and then I share them with you. Sometimes I have some pretty good ideas of my own, but if I if somebody else sparks some insight in me, I'm always happy to share, spread the love around, give credit where credit is due. So Dana is the woman who's leading this catalyst camp I'm in. And in one of the early videos I saw of hers, it's not part of the catalyst camp, but I can't remember which one because I binge watched them all while I was decluttering. Um, she mentioned once the idea of your home as a vision board. And that immediately clicked with me and then gave birth to like a whole rant of ideas from there. Uh, most prominently that... A vision board as we know it, the kind of law of attraction vision board that you know you cut and paste from old magazines and then tape to your wall like like a focal point collage, a kind of like snapshot of the life you desire to create. Sometimes you can make it like just about the car you want to manifest. Sometimes the kind I typically make It's more holistic. It's the life I want to live. I'm looking at one right now, actually, that I'm thinking about taking down because I've come pretty close to manifesting everything on this vision board. And I'm really into, like, clean white space. And vision boards are kind of cluttery, don't you think? (laughs) Um, 
where am I? I keep losing my train of thought. <laughs> oh, okay. So I can, so there's that. Uh, there's that idea of that kind of law of attraction vision board. But I can see how the impact of that kind of vision board might really pale in comparison to living within a 3D interactive vision board of your own making in the form of your home. Like, what if your home was your vision board for the kick-ass life of your dreams? You can touch it. You can move things around. It's speaking to you. It's evolving in an organic way day by day by day. And I don't know if I'm ever going to have a classic vision board again. Because once I had this thought, I was like, that makes so much sense. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Take down all the vision boards. I actually have... Uh, in my date books, I have little vision boards I make, and then I have uh, collage books. Like I, I was a big collager. I didn't know what to do with all of my energy, so I made collages. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thinking about your home as a vision board, I think that from this vantage point, you have two opportunities. You have the opportunity to do a bit of divination, to read the home that you are currently living in, and then you have the opportunity to rearrange it into the likeness of the life you want to create. I find this very exciting, which is why I am talking like a pastor today. <sighs> calm yourself. Stop yelling and calm yourself. <laughs> that exercise that I shared with you last week that I learned from Dana also. Um, I hope that you gave that a try. And if you haven't heard that episode yet or you haven't given it a try, it's not too late. Um, that is a really powerful way to read your home. And I recommend, it do it, recommend doing it from the perspective of a stranger. So in a nutshell, just to repeat like a refresher and for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, the exercise is you grab a notebook, you grab a pen, you pretend you're a stranger, and you go through your home room by room, and you ask each room, you know, what is this space saying to me? And how do I feel? And then you write it down. And then that is how you get the story of your home. Or you're reading the vision board of your home. It's showing you who lives there. The more you can do this from the perspective of a stranger, in my opinion, the more you're going to get out of it. I don't remember if Dana said that. That might be my own thing. But that's how I did it. And it was extraordinarily powerful. I had a very emotional experience and a lot of big shifts and aha moments. So that is why I'm repeating, do this thing here, using up another episode to talk about it, because I think it's so powerful. And then that can give you an idea of the kind of state your soul is in, um, what your soul needs are, and the ways in which your soul is like straight up crying for attention. It's trying to tell you something, but are you listening, you know? Does it want more space? Is it craving comfort and safety? Is there, maybe there's an inner artist living within that's just like dying to come out or some kind of resentment at the daily tasks at hand, you know? If you have a bunch of dishes piled up and you always have a bunch of dishes piled up, is there some kind of 
overwhelm going on there or is there some kind of resentment that you are the designated dish doer? Um, do you resent your life as the primary caregiver of your family and long for your own career outside the home or is it the other way around? It could be either or neither. <laughs> what, what in your space is suggesting that? The reason I recommend doing this like a stranger is because the more you can drop your own ideas about who you are, what you need, what you want, and then really just open up to seeing your world with fresh new eyes, the eyes of a stranger, the more insight you'll get into the hidden layers of your psyche, which may not be that that might not be a match at all to what your conscious mind thinks is going on. The ego can have a very different idea about what is up than the knowing that your soul contains. It, always keep in mind when you're doing this, you know, like if you're like, I don't need to do it from the perspective of a stranger. Um, or when you go in and you're like looking for validation of what you already think and know, you're, you're, not, really doing, you're not really doing the process. You're cheating yourself of the full experience of it. Um, so keep in mind what James Hillman said. The psyche is not unconscious. You are. You are. So stop pretending like you know what's up and let your soul do the talking for just a minute. You know, just do it as an as a experiment and see what comes through. Um, I sent a newsletter out yesterday. It was very hard to do that. It was the Sally Yates um, <laughs> Hearing Sally Yates and James Clapper, I watched all three hours and 10 minutes of it. And in the back of my mind, I was like, you got a newsletter, right? You got a newsletter to write? I was like, but this is history in the making and I have to see it with my own eyes and feel it with my own heart. I don't like to get that experience secondhand through like hyper-partisanship punditry. I want to experience it myself. So I sent the newsletter out late and I'm not sorry. <laughs> so I sent a newsletter out yesterday in which I was trying to playfully, I was trying to like joke around with you, playfully demonstrate how the chaos of noise and light and ideas and politics and entertainment and opinions and all the shiny things we are assaulted with on the daily and also the ones that we surround ourselves with by our own two hands and credit cards that can actually numb us to our own sensual experience of life. Too much really can be too much. And too much stimulation can create a kind of shutting down of the senses, which is a silencing of the soul. The soul speaks to us through our five physical senses and then also the sixth sense of intuition which I know so many of you value. <laughs> so maybe that got your attention, you know, like overstimulation can shut down the senses. So it's silencing the soul and your intuition. Clutter is the enemy of intuition in that way. And it's the killer of soul. To shut down the senses, I mean, it's not to kill the soul itself because the soul never really dies, but it's to kill your sensual connection to it. And it's that sensual connection that creates the experience of sacredness, taste, sound, scent, visual beauty, touch. These are the tendrils of psyche. Tendrils of psyche. I love that. These are the tendrils of psyche that give you a sacred, soulful connection to life. Take them away and you are lost. 
I get very preachy when I get excited. <laughs> I have to keep checking that. <laughs> Where's my pulpit? Where's my Bible? I want to thump on a Bible. <laughs> what I have personally learned, let me bring this down to being very, very humble because this is a learning process for me. I am not preaching at you as someone who knows it all. This, I'm just sharing what I have learned. What I have learned in the decluttering process is that one, for much of my adult life and my childhood, I guess, I was attempting to create feelings of safety and comfort by surrounding myself with a lot of junk. I was very proud of this too. It was like my identity. So if you came into my home, you would be like, oh my God, people would be like, oh, you must be an artist. You're so creative. You're so colorful. And I was so proud of that. It was like a bohemian explosion of books and fabric and art and knickknacks and candles and stones. But so much of it. And it's not that any of those things are bad or even that an eclectic bohemian aesthetic is bad. It's my favorite. But it was to the point where nothing really stood out with the opportunity to make a real impact, like a soul impact, because the eye didn't know where to land. It was just like shit everywhere. Where do I look first? (laughs) So I was hiding It's so funny because it's such a loud aesthetic. It's such a look at me, look at me, look at me aesthetic. But then I was hiding underneath it. I was hiding out in chaos rather than consciously creating a home that felt safe and comfortable in a more supportive way. And also when you strip away the the chaos, it allows other people to see you. So I guess I would rather you walk into my room and be like, oh my God, she's read a lot of books. Holy crap, look at all this stuff on the wall and not really be able to take it all in. If I strip that away and there's only one powerful painting on the wall, you get to see into my soul on a different level. You get to see who I am. If I take away, you know, many of the books and I only leave up the true books that speak to my soul, I'm leaving myself open for judgment. You get to see who I really am. And what I really value. Um, so can I do that and find new ways to make my feel safe feel, myself feel safe and comfortable? Like that's a matter of self-esteem, self-worthiness, the worthiness of soul to take up space and be okay with that and to be okay with being seen, which obviously having this crazy public life that I have now <laughs> with Kick-Ass Switch is like... Uh, You didn't want to be seen, but you put yourself out in public. That's interesting. Um, And then secondly, secondly, the second thing that that I've I've learned from the, I've learned a lot of things, but the two I'm sharing with you, the second is animism. I was a clutter slut. And you can't have a deep, intimate relationship with one object or a carefully selected group of objects if you're just indiscriminately going around trying to hook up with everything that moves. (laughs) All the crystals, all the incense, all the books, all the books, so many books, too many books. When one thoughtful journey with one special book is going to give you a much richer experience than trying to like juggle five at the same time with 10 on the book stand waiting in the queue, (laughs) like, how much of it are you taking in when you're like trying to take it all in at once? If everything is sacred, nothing is sacred. If everything matters, nothing matters. 
and everything may, if you want to get all like existential about it, like everything may in the ultimate sense of things matter and have its own sacredness as animism suggests, but that doesn't mean it's sacred to you. That doesn't mean it should matter to you. You are not God. You are a piece of God, which is why this theme flows so nicely out of the the month which we talked about God. (laughs) And God is, it's, God is this energy that has all, every person is a unique opportunity for God to express itself. If we all try to take it all in, we're doing God a disservice because it cannot experience this one special, unique point of view that is you. And if everything is sacred, then nothing is sacred and you're denying yourself that experience of soul and ultimately maybe even God. I just got really deep and weird, but I think I really feel that way. (laughs) And then this is where the craft of magic comes in, the craft of magic, the art of spirituality. It's personal. It's about your soul, your psyche, your experience of life, and your home. If you think of animism, the idea that each item has its own unique soul and sentient experience, this shit starts to get real. You start realizing that you are, in fact, having a relationship, not only with your home, but with your stuff, all the stuff you've managed to pack into your home. And these relationships are mirroring back to you your relationship to yourself. It's, it's a super trip, but it's also such an awesome take on things. And I personally find it empowering. Maybe, maybe this is an overwhelming paradigm for you. I don't know. It feels very comfortable and true for me. Uh, animate your life consciously. Get into a conscious relationship with your things. And in that sense, you'll be animating your life with the kind of creativity and care that makes your life an art form. And really, I don't know if it gets much more kick-ass than that. (laughs) I will share a quote with you before I go that I also think is very kick-ass. It is from Denise Duffield Thomas. She did a, I don't know when she did this, a a blog post however long ago um, on decluttering, not really on decluttering your home, just more just decluttering your life. Um, But this one sentence I love, I have in my decluttering notebook, and I think it goes really good with today's show and will wrap everything up very well. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? It goes like this. Declutter your life like you're on the cusp of something amazing. Declutter your life like you're on the cusp of something amazing. And I'm going to say that something that that is amazing is you. It's you. It's a more soulful experience of your own life. I think I said everything I wanted to say today. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Let me know. Let me know what you thought. And until we meet again, happy full moon in Scorpio. Much love to you. Peace.